0: Hey y'all, welcome to Seducated, the podcast fusing business, culture, faith, and media, giving you real perspective and inspiration to help feed your entrepreneurial soul. Our podcast is dedicated to helping you succeed in your business through empowerment and growth. Come on. And I'm your Seducated host, Sheila Ellis-Glasper and the owner of SEG Media Collective. Let's get started. So, welcome to another episode of Seducated. We are so happy and blessed to have our very special guest with us today, Mikeisha Booth, who is the founder of Sister Biz Global Network. And today we are going to discuss a lot about business, about pivoting um, in this COVID-19 era that we're going through right now, but not only that, what it means to be a black woman in business right now. And so we are so excited for all the nuggets that Maikisha is going to share with us. And I am proud to say that I'm also part of the Sister Biz community. And uh, Maikisha has helped me tremendously in helping me to grow and scale my business, uh, SEG Media Collective. And so welcome to the show, Maikisha.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, Maikisha, you, I would love to just, uh, if you could tell the people that are listening today and watching just about Sister Biz and what it's about.
1: Yeah, Sister Biz Global Network is a business incubator for uh, Black women entrepreneurs. It's a non so we're tax exempt, and we um, launched to provide low and no cost um, access to tools and resources for Black women who are building their businesses, looking to grow and scale. Um, and so we've been in business since 2018. Um, though this is really our official year, too, because in 2018, we were just piloting and playing and stuff. And so,
0: yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. And I remember, I think that I was on... Facebook one night late, just scrolling, and someone I knew shared a link about Sister Biz, um, and I thought, "Wow, this is what I need." Because me being here, I'm in the community that I'm in. There are a very low number of um, Black female entrepreneurs and business owners, and so just to be able to be a part of the community and just see other black women that are succeeding in their business in different um, stages of their business and being able to have access to the amazing resources that you provide has just been awesome Um, it's been a year now and so i mean my keisha has gotten me together and there's still a lot more for me to work on but Wow, just from you know beginning with her, um, and just really identifying a lot of the areas in my business that I needed to work on and the accountability. Um, because I will tell you, my Keisha does not play like <laughs> you got to be accountable, you got to be accountable, and so I, I love that. Um, in what you're building with the community as well. Um, so we all know, or maybe some may not know, that Black women are actually the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the country. And so um, could you kind of explain a little bit about how this trend started? I mean, it's continuing on for several years now. It's just the numbers have just been increasing more and more. So there's just a lot of information coming out. About black women um, starting our own businesses. So, kind of just tell us how, um, in your interpretation and your expertise, kind of how is this trend started?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a few things that research, the little bit of research that's out there, has kind of um, talked through and examined. One piece of research is the report that came out from the Federal Reserve Bank out. Your way. <laughs>
0: um, yes, Del. I'm actually having Dell on the show. I believe next week or the week after. We're still working out the kinks on the schedule, but I'm excited. It'll be a nice follow up for you.
1: Yeah, I love Dell, and we in and have done some, you know, participated in some of his work, and so um, what his research kind of revealed is a couple things that are important in response to this question, and it's, it's the first is that um, the reality of the matter is is that. African-American women that are starting businesses are doing so out of need more than opportunity. So out of need either because they've been pushed out or laid off or pushed out of a corporate environment or a nine to five environment that is a predominantly white institution or that they um, ha- can't, are, are being underpaid. And so we know the pay equity gap is, is, is the widest for black women. And yeah. so they have to do something else to make ends meet. And so um, a lot of the trend you're seeing comes from two pretty un- unfortunate things rooted in, in racism and inequity. Um, and so that's, I think, the two contributors to the trend. I'm sure there are more um, that I often talk about most and the reason why business exists because what that means, though, is that when they start their business, they're likely um, coming out of a corporate environment that was traumatizing in some way. Um, There was racial trauma often that they are dealing with. And that trauma impacts their ability to run their business. Sometimes they realize it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're addressing it. Sometimes they're not. But often they don't know where to go and don't have the support system they need to be validated um, and supported through that journey of becoming an entrepreneur or an already scary um, endeavor, an already uphill battle for many. Um, and then you, 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 you latch on to it, that, that trauma that's coming from the workplace that you left. And so I think that's the trend and, that, and, and the resources and tools as a result need to be culturally responsive.
0: Yes, and that's, that is just amazing, um, you know, to hear it in that context, because I could definitely relate to that. And then, I mean, I think there's so much that we as, you know, people of color um, and Black women bury when it comes to these type of uh, racial um, trauma, as you said. And a lot of times you don't even hear that term a lot, uh, racial trauma. Um, I know I haven't heard it a lot, but it's so validating to hear that that's actually a term and um, something that's serious and something that can really um, paralyze you when it comes to moving forward in your business and scaling um, your business. And I I do believe in some of our coaching sessions, we've addressed some of that um, and how when I came from my corporate background and starting this business, how some of those um, interactions and yeah, trauma affected my interactions with my clients. And so, um, yeah, that is great just to have a, a community that's validating. And for those who may not know, um, you are located in Denver, Colorado, correct? Mm-hmm. But you are reaching people all over the country and all over the globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And so our subscription coaching
1: services and now even all of our other services, pandemic actually expedited our, our plan for virtual programming. <laughs> um, oh, I see but...
0: you, I see you. I'm like, uh, you know, I started, um, you know, working with you with Sister Biz uh, almost a year ago, or maybe in the beginning of it. Yes, yes. And so now just to be able to see the evolution of what it's becoming has just been awesome
1: yeah i'm excited about it but i appreciate you saying that you hadn't heard that term because that's one of the things we do so for anybody listening that feels the same way that we feel and 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 relates to what we're speaking about right now definitely visit my instagram page because and my other pages because that's what I talk about a lot. I talk about putting a name to a thing that's happening to you so that you can heal from it. And so racial battle fatigue, code switching, tone policing, gaslighting, racial trauma, these are real things that are impacting you. And when you discover them and you understand what they are, you are now empowered to deal with them, manage them, heal them and move them out of your way so that you can grow a successful business, build a legacy, wealth build on your terms. and, and, and so I think it's important to have a place that is committed to making sure that we understand what the trauma is. We can articulate the elements of it and what's happening in a situation. And I don't think there are many places Black women can go for that, much less the fact, like, even if I wasn't putting any words to it, do you even have a place where you can go and just talk about those things and not be looked at like you're crazy and yeah. not be told that what you're saying, like, there's a, a reason to debate the reality of it, you know? And so I wanted, I I wanted to create a a safe space for black women to come and talk about these sorts of things, particularly black women entrepreneurs, because there's a whole nother dynamic to building a business and, and creating something and putting it out there in the world for sale. And, um, and a lot that comes the unique challenges that come with that.
0: Yes. And that's, it's certainly a gift uh, for us all who is uh, who are a part of the community, because yes, there aren't, especially depending on where you're located. I mean, you you've created a community that is an online community that it does not matter. You have physical events as well, in-person events, but just to have that community to go to, I mean, with everything that's been going on, you know, with... Um, the racial injustices going on across our country, the protest, um, and it's not that it's anything new. It's just that it some for some reason this feels a little bit different uh, with George Floyd. I'm not sure what it is. I know we're right here in Manhattan, Kansas in a predominantly white town with a predominantly white university. And just the other day, we had over a thousand people protesting. Uh, And we've never seen anything like that here before. And it was predominantly white people. And there's something happening, you know, but when you look at businesses, you know, black women that own businesses in towns like this, where do you turn to you know who are you able to to talk to because you could talk to other women business owners but they don't understand that racial element as well and so um, that's just amazing to have that online community that can reach people anywhere and so uh, Mikeisha, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved? I mean she is an entrepreneur herself so firsthand you know she has ran you know several businesses so just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to start Sister Biz.
1: Yeah, so snapshot of it is kind of like a 20 year journey so I'll try to collapse it. Yes. Um but the snapshot is that for me my introduction to small business was um in working for the U.S. Small Business Administration over 20 years ago and working right under the the district director for the Colorado District. And she kind of took me under my wing and became my first sort of small business mentor and placed me in every department in that office to learn over the course of a year and a half or so. And really, I kind of loved it. And eventually, um, decided to run my own day spa, and I was like, "So, you know, I worked at the SBA. I know how to run a business, right?" And so, <laughs> started my own day spa. And while there were many successes, I, all of the failures and that you could think of in a business, I encountered them. So you can read all you want about cash flow, but then actually managing it in person, in real life, is a different thing. And Um, understanding as a new um, entrepreneur um, first generation in some ways I wouldn't say I'm first generation but I would say that I didn't have the exposure to uh, my grandmother's my great grandmother's um, business um work that she did I found out about it much later and so um yeah That's so
0: another story I'm exactly right. I found that.
1: out I actually found out that she ran like a micro loan kind of um wow. thing out of her basement in Harlem in you know the the late twenties or thirties and so um Aww. so that was pretty cool and so um yeah, so I think that you know, after starting my own small business um venture and um learning everything that you, you know, all the things that I talk to women about now. Um, I then moved into policy and politics and always kind of kept small business on the side, either by coaching other small businesses or running my own consulting, um, gigs and so over the years um what happened was i had that experience but then i also learned how to develop curriculum and design curriculum i launched an innovation lab for a school district i did policy and politics at the local and federal and state government worked in dc state capital here like a ton of stuff happened that kind of all came together to kind of bring together this like passion i have for racial justice and social justice with this passion and skill set that i have in curriculum design and adult learning with small business so really if you take those kind of three elements of my experience that's what brought together and what packages up system is for women um for black women and so yeah that's my background and i also want to name that when i ran my day spa it was transformational for me it was better than any advanced degree that i could get because of the on the ground learning as an entrepreneur and i had my first business coach in that setting and it was a game changer for me to understand what it looked like to have a business coach and working with her and other mentors so i kind of got um, a a group of white women and and an asian woman kind of took me under their wing including this business coach and I learned so many things from them that I, they just opened my eyes to business in a different way that it was partially how it led to the closure of my spa. Because once I understood what it took to succeed, to succeed in that industry, in that business and knew I didn't have the capital or the resources um, or the time that I wanted to spend to take it where it needed to go based on my lack of capital, I pulled out and said, I'll come back and do this later. Um, But it was a strategic decision that was made based on a new level of knowledge and understanding that I had around business. And so uh, I just know the power of coaching and I know the power of mentorship and knowledge. And I know the power of exposure to people who have been there. They make you think bigger, dream bigger, um, help you see things um, in different ways and bigger ways.
0: Yes, that that is amazing that you in highlighting the importance of mentorship as well because, um, you know, it, it can be when you think of mentorship when you're coming from a corporate background and then transitioning into business. Like I had a lot of mentors when I was in you know corporate when I was a reporter as a journalist, I had a lot of support there. But when I transitioned as an entrepreneur, I really had to then figure out how to gain that same kind of mentorship and guidance as an entrepreneur, because those mentors then couldn't serve me in that in this new area that I was in with, you know, being an entrepreneur, even though not to take away from what i learned then but just transitioning and i think you're probably dealing with a lot of women in sister biz that are transitioning from whether it be corporate or whatever background they're transitioning from and getting into business and just having that support system is so important Um, And so I know that you are a big advocate for self-care and setting healthy boundaries. That's something that we've discussed in our own, you know, in our um, business coaching sessions, um, you and I. um, And it's really kind of some of the first time that I heard that, you know, saying, um, you know, you need to set these boundaries. Because I'm thinking I need to go hard. I need to just do all this stuff. And you know, it's not good if you can't take take the time to take care of yourself because then you can't give back to other people. And one of the things um, about the group is that you also schedule these different sessions. But um, I'll say that just in the Sister Biz group, um, Facebook group in particular, you've been providing resources by bringing other sisters who are in business that are experts in different areas to help us. So, for instance, I think next week you're having a session that discusses like racial trauma and healing and what that's like, you know, for us as entrepreneurs. So, talk to us a little bit about just the self-care element um, and setting boundaries element of being an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, um, oh, there's so much to it. Well, you know, like I said, my first business was a day spa. So wellness and self-care were kind of something that I'm passionate about just from doing that work. it, it was a day spa because I'm a trained manicurist. So I put myself through college okay. manicuring and worked in day spas all before I ever opened my own day spa. Um, and so just self care and wellness is something I love and, and, and passionate about and really good at for the most part. Um, I've had my stories where I've, you know, fell off, but for the most, like probably all of us, but, um, yeah, I think that self-care is is the way that you're going to get where you're trying to go. Like, I hate to use the cliche, but everybody talks about, like, the airplane and putting your mask on first. And until you do that, you can't save everyone else. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, first of all, why are you going into business if you're going to be a slave to your business anyway? Like, yeah. like, you might as well go work for somebody else if you can't have a business that works for you.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You might as well work for someone else if you're going to have um, no boundaries or boundaries that you don't agree with and boundaries that are harmful to you or don't feel good. Um, One of the benefits of being an entrepreneur is that you get to create a lifestyle uh, that works for you and it may not get there in the beginning. You know, you may be on the grind and you have to do some things for a few years that that really are not in alignment with where you ultimately want to be. But I I do think it's important to take advantage of the fact that as an entrepreneur, you get to design your own lifestyle and life and and experience and work. Um, You get to create what your workplace reality is. And so if you're not doing that, you're missing out on one of the huge benefits of running your own show. And secondly, I just think that you know, you can't manage teams effectively and other people if you're off balance. Yes. You have to interact with clients and people and hire people and manage interns and lead. Um, yeah. And when you're leading, you need to be a, as, as try to position yourself to be leading from your highest self as much as possible because you want to model best practice and everything you do for the people you're leading and being an example for. Um, and if you're into and believe in, like I do, service leadership, it's really hard to, to be an effective service leader if you don't set up the foundation for um, wellness yes. for you and everybody in your space. And so I do think self-care is really important. And in terms of boundaries, boundaries aren't just about like time off, although that's important. Um, and it's, it's about choosing the clients that you want to work with. And knowing when to say no to clients that you don't want to work with and knowing when to tell people that you're not the girl that they're looking for. Like, I get what you're going through. I'm not your girl. Like, be ready to say that knowing who your client is and setting boundaries around who you're taking on as work, because sometimes the money's not worth it. Um, And learning how to set boundaries with employees and particularly doing business with people that you know or have a relationship outside of the work with family or friends or people in the community and learning how to set the boundaries around the expectations of the work relationship. Um, All that stuff plays into your self-care and wellness. And if you're not Smart and diligent and consistent about setting boundaries and expectations and agreements on the front end of business relationships, they turn into keeping you up at night. They turn into you gaining weight, you feeling some type of way, you needing therapy, which we probably need anyway. But I mean, you just yes. add in one more thing on the list for the therapist to take care right. of. With you. <laughs> and right. So, I, yeah, so I do think there's a lot of different boundaries to set, and it all ties back to you want to be your best self. You You want to take advantage of being the designer, the person who can create the experience that most serves you and the people around you um, most.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know that when I first, um, I think one of our first sessions, you quickly identified that I needed boundaries. (laughs) And I remember just having, you know, some some worries about keeping clients that weren't necessarily the best fit, you know, for us. And what do I do to get us in a position to where I can then choose the clients that are going to be best, you know, best fitting for our business. And honestly, you know, our values, you know, because that's all, that's all important. And I think, you know, when you first start in business, a lot of times you're going to take what comes in the door. You know, and it's like, I just got to build. I just got to build. And then you get to this point where it's like, okay, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, you're talking about, like, when you start your own business, you don't want to be a slave to your business. Mm. I don't think, like, most of us, I don't think we get into it, you know, for that reason. But it it happens over time. And then you got to work to get yourself out of that. And so, um, yes, that is all such great advice i think for um and, you know women in particular i mean we're also balancing family um, as well and a lot of us are balancing children too and so when you just think of it from the, that aspect in itself you've got to have balance there and then it transferring over into your business and just being holistic about it all so that's true that is definitely
1: true. You have all these different roles you play as a woman and you wanna find a way to fit it all in. I'm not gonna say find balance between it all cause I don't think it really works like that. I don't think you ever really feel like everything is getting, everybody's getting what they need at the same time. No, it's usually like, okay, I'm back now. I know I was over here and I was tripping because I had some stuff to take care of, but I got you now. It's me and you. (laughs) And (laughs) then you're going to run back over there and be like, okay. (laughs)
0: Like, triage and then also just, like, Understanding to like be present fully, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Like being able to just—I I have actually left my laptop in the office several times, which has shocked. You told me. me
1: about that. I was so excited when you. Yes,
0: I never do that, but I'm like, you know, I think that that will help me because then it's not there, and when I'm at home, I'm at home, you know. And so, I mean, that's just you know having a coach and having someone that can um, that has the experience but then also just be able to guide you you know through that um, and someone you can trust through that as well you know that is just um, you know one of the benefits of being a part of Sister Biz and so um, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you is just what is the best business advice that you've ever received? You talked about having um, a team of mentors really helping you um, with your first business. Kind of just tell us like, what is the best advice you've received? Best business advice.
1: I don't know. There's so many best advices, (laughs) (laughs) but I can give you, I can give you one that that stands out as something that's more relevant for um, Persistive is. Um, someone asked me once, do I know, do my clients know that they need me? Mm. So if you pick a clientele that doesn't know that they need you, then it's an uphill battle because then there's a body of work in marketing that has to be done around just awareness building and education. So if you're picking people who don't already have a heartbreak or pain point around the problem that you would fix and you have to tell them that it's not good for them then it's going to be very hard to get people to the table to buy because it's already a body of work to transition a lead to a sale for someone who knows they need you because they know they have a problem but now they need to make sure you're the person to fix it and that's typical sales but if you have people that are like I don't even see that as an issue. It's not keeping me up at night and um, it's not an issue for me. Um, And then you have to convince them that they have an issue and convince them to go with you. And so I think that to the extent that you could choose a clientele, that they're just like hungry for your type of services already. um, I think that's a less of a battle in terms of sales.
0: Yeah. And I think um, on a previous podcast, we were talking about, um, in this COVID-19 era that we're in right now some of the businesses that have really been able to thrive you know during this time are businesses that were you know specifically addressing that pain point and then they and a lot of those businesses ended up being deemed as essential businesses and a lot of them have were able to stay open Um, and then some of some of them were able to pivot successfully online or already had an online component that they could lean into even right. more and so i just think in this era that we're in right now and knowing that there could be another wave coming um because pe- some people think they're almost out of the clear but if another wave comes how are you going to you know just be able to prepare yourself for that and that's kind of uh, another thing i'd like to ask you just in your business coaching, you've been coaching a lot of um, the sister biz community and your your business um, your business clients through COVID. And what has that been like for you to be able to like coach them through um, what's happening? Because there's no blueprint for this. Like, you know, this is all uncharted territory and we're just all kind of learning together um, through this. But what, what do you, how have you been like, Dealing with that and kind of coaching your clients through that. So, there's different parts to it. Again, there's the racial
1: trauma element happening with all that's happening in the country right now. Yes. Um, There's a racial element to COVID. Yeah. You know, it's disproportionately impacting our people. Um, And so, there's that body of work around being culturally responsive in what people are going through right now in our community and what the women are going through. They're trying to build their business. They're also trying to make sure that they don't expose themselves because maybe they have kids with asthma or parents that have, you know, you know, diseases or health issues and are more likely to contract. And so uh, maybe they've lost family members because we've lost way more than anyone else has um and they're dealing with loss and grief and 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 all the things that everybody else is dealing with and then they're trying to run a business and so just thinking about their wellness and self-care and mental health during this time is important um and and giving them the space to say okay, this week maybe I'm not going to have my ish together because you know I like to be on y'all about getting your stuff done. Yes. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, but, but truly giving people the space to know that this is a tough time. Um, it's a time of grief and rage and, and sadness for many and that you need to give yourself the space to handle and deal with that and, and be, give yourself that permission because as Black women, we tend to just go. And sometimes we don't stop to say, how are you, you know, how, no, really, how are you to yourself?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And so then our, we had this delayed grief when it finally does catch up with some of us. And, yeah. and like, where did that come from? It comes from the fact that you've been, you've been messed up for a second here. You just didn't give yourself a chance to examine it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, true and, that. and so, um, and so there's that piece. And then in terms of business strategy, um, we've done a few things during COVID. We launched an emergency grant fund mm-hmm. where we gave away $2,500 grants to businesses that were really in dire condition. Uh, we raised over $85,000 for that. Um, the grant fund was part of what we called our business stimulus package. And so it wasn't just the money you got, but you also got um, a session with our cash flow and profit strategist and she is amazing. Um, and so yes. she um, you know, helped you think through how do I manage money during this time? How do I think about money management, money mindset? Um, what are some money moves I need to make? What sorts of things do I need to be thinking about in terms of communication with debtors and clients and all stakeholders? And what are some of the decision points I have to think about during this time and be thoughtful of as we go through this time? Because although we might be moving to safer at home versus stay at home, although we might see ourselves out of the house, um, you know, by end of summer, maybe not. I don't know. But although that might happen, then you still have this reality of an economy that has to recover for at least a year. And yeah. so how am I thinking about decisions in that long term manner, not just in the short term, can I pay my lease, you know, And so she will sit with them and think through cash flow strategy. And then also they have a crisis marketing um, session with me. Mm-hmm. And we think through like, what are some things I can do to shift or pivot? Yes. to meet the current need, the changing need in this climate. And like you said, some businesses have had to completely rethink inventory and service people with masks or essential products and services um, that maybe they didn't offer before, but they're uh, relatively equipped to, to shift too quickly and without kind of completely, you know, um, taking them out and trying to make that transition, they could, something they could do pretty quickly. So our cohorts had sessions where we first and foremost thinking about those kind of two parts, like the mental health and wellness and, And then um, the actual strategy, business strategy and tactics, um, like an example is our cohort. We started our Saturday um, cohort. We have 10 women that we work with for nine month deep dives of business makeovers each year. And this cohort met on Saturday. And we started by just hijacking the meeting to talk about like, where are you? How are you doing? How are you arriving in this meeting? Was sitting at the pit of your stomach, And like, what can we do to support you and be there for you and hold you down in this moment? And then from there, we also did um, some work in a previous session where we were like, what changes do we each need to think about in our business in order to stay afloat and even thrive? Because there's opportunity that can be, you know, lemonade that can be made out of these lemons for many of us. And so giving them the space and planning time and brainstorming and thought partnership on that
0: yes yes i know for us just working with clients through all of this because everything is like an emergency you know because things are changing um and then you've got the state government and local government changing things um, whereas you thought you had um, a longer period of time for reopen then it might change you know what i mean and um, you know for service-based businesses that are supporting those businesses Uh, Yeah, it's been stressful. (laughs) I know, I know for us, but I mean, it shows the need, um, you know, and just like you were saying, do your clients know that they need you? Um, I think this whole situation has really just brought, you know, light to even our current clients that we've had. And then also bringing new clients to us that have said, okay, I've been putting off my marketing too long. This happened and I didn't have the social media presence, um, you know, set yet. And so now I'm struggling to do that. I don't have an email list. And then these other businesses that already had that advantage, they were able to quickly pop on and explain and communicate and connect with their audiences and let them know we're still open. These are our changes and these, these right. issues, you know. And so, yeah, um, I think that uh, I I feel like we hit all of our questions here. And you know I just want to thank you for taking the time out Mikeisha, to chat with us I think that you dropped a lot of awesome nuggets but I want to share with people how they can connect with you and with sister biz um, so that they can get in on some of this goodness that you are offering to our sisters in, in our business community. Yep.
1: So I'll give you my contact information but something you said made me think of something to share with the audience and that's that. um, Have you ever heard of the term um, getting your sea legs? No. So um, it's a term used in sailing and sailors especially new sailors are often um, go through a time of seasickness um, when the boat is taking off and it takes them some time to their body to adjust to the fact that when you're on a boat, it's constantly moving, it's transitioning, it's not stable. Mm -hmm. And so then you you he you know or she over time will will gain what they call their sea legs where their body adjusts and can keep them stable and they're not sick anymore and i think a lot of us are going to have to gain our sea legs because we're in a time that's tumultuous it's constantly changing it's constantly moving shaking um it's not a stable grounded um um climate right now and we're going to have to gain our sea legs and really learn how to Live and exist in uh, in this type of climate and change, and and I think that's going to be key to us us all being a success right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can reach me um, at www.sister.biz, and um, I'm online Instagram and Facebook and at sisterbiz, and then we have our Facebook group online that is private group but it's free to enter you don't have to be a member or anything of 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 sister biz to join in on the fun there and so yeah definitely reach out to us and join our um community we welcome you Uh, um you're a black woman in business and you feel like you're doing this thing alone um definitely come come check out sister biz
0: awesome awesome well i'm just so honored that you were able to be on the show and share this information. because I think it's going to help a lot of people um, to be able to find a safe place um, where they can have that support and to be able to grow in that space. And so um, thank you, Mikeisha, for being thank on you. the show. And until next time.
1: Okay, sounds good. Thanks for having me.